I also, this is going to be the last Pockets Full of Soup for this year, 2017. Uh, I haven't taken a, a real break in a long time, and it's time to take one. So uh, don't worry, all your Patreon exclusives will be delivered this month. Uh, nothing going to be gone there, but this will be our last episode until we move into the new year. So I'll see you again in 2018. Wait, you're taking a break? I am. You're taking a break from this thing that you do? Yeah. How dare you? Well, I, you know, sometimes you got to take a break. Sometimes it's got to happen. The sometimes. dog is upset. Oh, some, my roommate's home. Sometimes. Look what you did, Jared. You tried to oh. take a break and everything went sideways. I know. Ooh, walk through the background. Walk through the background. No. Yeah, absolutely. Please, it's the please pockets do. full of soup cinematic universe. Look. Oh, look. Hey, everybody. It's, special. it's a Christmas special. It's it's like when the guest comes in the door in the, in the, in the 70s and Christmas the, and special. And the dog tries to bite their feet. That was Callie Plaggy, everybody. Yep. She didn't sign up for this. Anyway, anyway Jared's taking a break. Let him have a break. What's yeah, wrong break. with you? Oh, they're great. They're going to let me have a break. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, we didn't take one last year, yeah. and it's time. I didn't need to rest That's actually one that. of the worst things with, with internet content is that like everything else does seasons. They take breaks. There's, yeah. a, there's a built-in hiatus, but yeah. I feel like so much of the internet just kind of like a, a podcast happen every week, just like websites. There's no reason to stop. Why would you ever stop? Just keep going. Keep doing it. Just You, know, you got you to gotta fill every, every week. Just keep, just do it every week. You know what? This is a very forgiving bunch, so I think you're going to be good. I hope it. so. Yeah. Thank you for supporting this wonderful man. Uh, thank you for supporting this wonderful man, Max Covo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets of All Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty. I'm joined today by Peppers the dog, who's licking my face, uh, who's the uh, the real guest today, and uh, he brought somebody else along, too. Who are you? I'm I'm Max Scovel. I'm I'm Pepper's handler. Pepper's uh, handler. Clearly, I'm not doing a very good job of handling him. I think you are literally Pepper's handler, right? That's that's in fact like not just like handler in the Hollywood sense. Yeah, no, that, I'm I'm just a man of really just bad jokes. I'm I'm kind of uh, subconsciously even turn myself into a joke. I'm uh, my name is means the spiciest a pepper could be. Scoville is the unit of measurement for the hotness of peppers, and my name is Max Scoville. Max isn't even my legal name, but I accidentally picked this. This name is it sort of a nickname that I go by, and uh, and so you run with it with the dog. So you're Max Scoville, and Peppers, Peppers, yeah, scale. Peppers Scoville, is, is, yeah. Scoville. So uh, what have you ever thought about progeny? Like how you're going to keep this thing going? Um. So yeah, we. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, Peppers is really getting like deep in my ear with this. You don't have to. He doesn't have to really. It's, it's he doesn't. Really impressive. He does like the ear. He doesn't have to stay in there the whole time. <laughs> I like having him here. Oh, you it's, weird, it's worth watching you him lick your entire head. Like my bald head? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when you're bald, you can do It's really this. the best way to polish it. It's kind of great. Um, I had some dental work done earlier today, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe like he's uh, attracted to the smell of the blood. Like, or is no, he just, he just, he just does this in general. He likes yeah. ears. He likes what's in there. He likes the salt on your body. I don't know how much well, salt's on your body. Oh, uh, you know, maybe I, I, I do have kind of a maple syrupy. Uh, taste. You have a maple. That's the worst thing you've said to me, Jared. That's the worst thing you've ever said. What? We've known each other Did for I years taste now. Maple syrup. Yeah, I don't know the fact. <laughs> you're just a maple sugar man. I don't well, know. Here, have, a, have a lick. I'm not going to lick you. You, you then- don't want to. You want to taste my maple syrupy goodness? No. Oh, okay. That's I. But but Max, tis the season for delicious treats. Mm, indeed, I don't think maple's a Christmas treat though. I I. I I've had good maple stuff at Christmas. You can have good maple stuff at Christmas. I've definitely had maple stuff in in and around Christmas. That sounds weird the way I phrase that. Uh, I have I have relatives who lived in Vermont, so growing up there was always like a bit, a bit of maple sugar and stocking stuffer. Um, but on more than one occasion, I think I ate the entire thing uh, before getting in the car. And maple maple sugar just makes me like a little bit queasy to this day because of eating too much. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, sense. I was also like, I was like flipping through like a Lego catalog the entire trip. And then I was like, Oh <laughs> wow, this, the space police are back with all kinds of new sets. Oh, Lego city. And then it would just be like, I just had to throw up out the window. So have you ever like had an opportunity to tap a maple tree? Oh yeah. I've totally done the, the whole yeah. like new England, uh, tree draining thing. Were you, yeah. were you drawn by the briskness of the day and the big smoldering, like, like pot of, no, of maple syrup? I think and- I had a tutor. I think I had a tutor because I was like I was being bad in school and I was and I uh, or I just was you know emotionally rot and I had to stay home and was like not doing my my classwork and the tutor did a whole the whole maple thing like he was very he had the whole like the large he had like the shed the big barn with yeah. the, with the big iron tub in it and you had like firewood burning to keep it. See, I love that. Yeah, it's, I, I love the smell of it and just the kind yeah. of whole like and then at the end there's a big delicious thing of maple syrup and it's all yummy yeah i like maple syrup on on pancakes and stuff Mm. and waffles but i think the maple once you get into like maple candy territory i don't like maple donuts and then you get into that that weird sort of maple like the maple just the flavor you're making all our canadian viewers and listeners weep yeah i mean mean, they love it so much they put it on their flag that's true yeah 
What do we have? Abstract stars and stripes. What do they have? A statement. Well, they probably, we like maple. They probably had enough common sense not to like eat an entire maple sugar man before getting in the car for three hours to Vermont and then throwing up out the, the window. That the is car. a very good point. You know what, Max? I, I should not belittle the childhood nausea. I want to say I did that more place. than once, too. I had a habit as a child of sort of like... <laughs> There's that thing where you're like, oh, you do something once and your body has a reaction to it. And you're like, well, I learned not to do that again. I remember on more than one occasion eating a turquoise crayon because I thought it looked, it was exactly the same color as a blue raspberry blow pop. And I was yeah. like, well, surely it's the same material. And then I, I was like, but why more than once? I honestly don't know. I think I was like, this is, this will probably be differently this. I mean, you know, what's the definition of insanity and all that? Okay. Um, but yeah, maple sugar. I'm, it's great, just not for me. Just not for you. What yeah. about the uh, what about the progeny Scoville thing? Going back to that for a minute. You have a dog named Peppers. Your name is Max. Yeah. These are both Pepper puns. So like, that's the thing is, I would love to have, if I had a daughter. Like I think Pepper would be a great name. Okay. I think it's a wonderful name, but it would be just it would be it would be cruel. We'd be those people that that named your. I went to school with a a, a series of I don't know what you call it, a series a family a, a group a group of sisters. Mm-hmm. It was a ser- a, a trilogy of sisters uh, named. Monica, that's a that's a reasonable name, right? Okay, yeah, okay. Sure. Well, then I don't know what order they came in, but close enough. Then Rachel and then, and, and then came Veronica. Oh, and you're like, oh, well, that's another name. It rhymes with Monica. That's interesting. And then there was Lonica, which is a lesser known Annika variant. Mm-hmm. So, and that, at that point, I think she just probably was like just not really having it. So, would, did it ever get to like Harmonica or? I don't or, think so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But like, yeah, it was it was. Uh, she was always very nice, but but having the matching name, yeah, finding little, out that it was like, what's wrong with your parents? Um, I, so, yeah. I, I, I'm, I think it's good to name a kid. So, I don't know, Pepper. Pepper is actually kind of an adorable name for, for yeah, a but Pepper Scoville, and then name. it become people become like, oh, you know, the, the, the like, I mean, I have this going for me, and people are like, hey, I don't know if you know this. I'm like, really, thirty years having a name. And they don't. You think maybe somebody told me this along the way? I'd be more worried about the name of the dog, Indiana. Like, yeah. you know, that, I think it's more. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this that point, that's why we that's why we named Peppers Peppers, so that we wouldn't do that. To head that off. Um, now, conversely, uh, Jen loves the idea. My fiance loves the idea of uh, the name Charlie for a girl. I also love the name Charlie. However, Jen is Vietnamese. Mm. Oh, so you can't really. That could be problematically yeah. interpreted by some people, or I mean, you know what? I mean, it would y'all be, do what you want. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe that you know, that terminology will be sort of scrubbed away, but antiquated yeah. by then. Yeah, we are here to talk about the season of well, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, holiday bliss. I love Christmas. You I'm love a, Christmas. I'm a big fan of Christmas, and I think it's. I think it kind of it surprises people sometimes because I'm like typically sort of a I'm. I'm sort of like a, a, I don't know, not a joiner, you know, like I'm not really a, necessarily the most positive person. I try oh. to be cheerful sometimes. And there's also a lot of things where I'm like, you know, I want to like, like burn stuff and listen to Danzig. And I do like that kind of, I've got that sort of teenager streak to me, but I do love Christmas. I think Christmas is awesome. And I don't know when this occurred to me. Uh, I think it was just sort of in the sort of early years of, of adulthood and independence and being like, well... I don't really have to go home. Uh, I could go home. That's always cool. But like kind of finding my own meaning for Christmas. Ooh. Uh, and one thing that um, that's always been sort of a part of Christmas for me growing up was um, my mom at a very young age took me to see uh, a musical performance from this group called The Christmas Revels. And The Christmas Revels are, uh, they, were, they started out in Cambridge. This guy named Alexander Langstaff. Okay. Uh, who was just kind of one of those wonderful kind of like, um, I, I think he was sort of a he was kind of like a, 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 a proto like a proto Renaissance fair nerd. Okay, like the kind of person who probably helped like start the, the you know the Dickens Christmas fair that kind of thing. So uh, um, well, around what time? This would have been I think he founded it in the sixties or seventies. Okay, so, so somebody went out read Tolkien. Uh, not even not that. Even that? Okay. Uh, it was more of like he had that kind of history nerd side to it. Ah, too. okay. Uh, and the Christmas Revels was a thing where it was getting a bunch of people together, uh, kind of local performers and musicians and singers and dancers, and doing this sort of Christmas pageant that was rooted in the early, uh, sort of the early. Christmas stuff, even even like the pre-Christian stuff, like well, the okay. pagan, oh, pagan. We're talking stuff. about like solstice type stuff. Like. Yeah, it was very much solstice heavy, and they, they've actually also um, they've done different versions. They've kind of they they do local performances all over the place. They do one in down the street in Berkeley because of course they do. Berkeley so like just, primordial, like pre-Roman type stuff. Uh, absolutely, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Um, and it's 
it's weirdly haunting. Um, but some of the some of the stuff is is things that have been carried over into modern Christmas carols, like um, uh, like on the on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, and all that stuff. It's just a bunch of animals. It's a bunch of birds and leaves and stuff. And, like, and you're a like partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, and, and, doves, and there's yeah. no you know there's no real. I mean, aside from Christmas, there's no real mention of like. I don't know. Like, there's no. It's not like a way in a manger or like you know, a, you know, a Silent Night or anything. It's not yeah, like a, it's not a it's not a Christ centric uh, hymn. Yeah. Uh, it's more about like oh, like you're sort of doing some like weird kind of animal worship over here. You're doing like this this like this totemic stuff. Is that where that's from? Is that the origin of? This? Yeah. This I didn't is. Realize this, that. I mean, in the same way that the Yule log was uh, right. carried over, and and I started. What well, can um, you explain for folks that don't know about the the origin of the Yule log? So the Yule log, I believe. It was it was like this very I'm, 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 I it, this stuff gets kind of all tangled up with it with sure. itself. But I believe the deal was that you'd you'd get this one huge log mm-hmm. and you would you would burn it and it was supposed to last through the solstice, which was the the longest night of the year. Yeah, so, you make a big old yeah, fire because um, anywhere in the in the northern hemisphere you have to deal with the solstice right. around that time, and so it's cold and that's you want to get around it. And yeah. actually, they, it's funny. I, I enjoy the Laser Time podcast, and just recently they were talking about the same topic on that. really. Uh, yeah, uh, so this is. Well, fascinating. What's really cool about it is it's it's funny if you dig deep enough into Christmas you find the roots of Game of Thrones. Uh, Expound. Uh, I mean like the whole idea of like oh winter is coming like the White Walkers and like mm-hmm. obviously this is a much more sort of like literal interpretation of winter as this like this supernatural force but mm-hmm. there was also the idea that like oh it's like the you know it's the darkest night of the year and the, the, the evil spirits will come out and you have to like you have to celebrate you have to like do something you have to just scare mm-hmm. them off and it i love it because i mean obviously i don't know i live in a major metropolitan area and there isn't that sense of 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 winter being an, an enemy but yeah. i love i grew up in the middle of, in the country and I, I i very much am aware of that sort of that that terror of having like oh when we're snowed in we're isolated like there's you know and and this is with modern conveniences like cars and parkas and but there was a point in time where people didn't have that and so i don't know there was a lot of they, they really loved um they really loved apples, you know. Like they would they have a lot of apples. There's a lot, of, a lot of emphasis on apple trees and stuff. Um, and they would, I mean, well, apples keep for a long time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you can also make cider out of them. Yeah. Um, and the thing about, I mean, cider or beer is that, like, oh, it's it's uh, it's water that doesn't have stuff in it because it's already spoiled. You know, yeah. You, you kind of beat it to the punch. Um, so you're not going to die from drinking. Yeah, but um, yeah, the rebels, they're they just do all these they they do all these really old songs and they kind of and it's it's interesting because it's still like. There's still elements of like of like Christian stuff in there, mm-hmm. but overall, it feels more like something you'd see in The Witcher than in like. <laughs> well, I mean, that, the, the match makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, one of the reasons that, that that time of year I think was largely co-opted by Christianity uh, the, the 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 Christmas story is a very optimistic story, the yeah. biblical Christmas story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's a story about light overcoming darkness and wonderful things happening and new beginnings and and a kind of a, a it's it's a story of a change in the way things are and it's mm-hmm. just, and it's celebrated in households by feasting and it's a, it's just a very natural I mean, place to take those traditions and just kind of graft your 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 theological and, yeah. and historical and 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 scriptural basis on too. But I mean, I I think this must have been. I don't know when I got into this. I think this was probably 20, 2013, 2012 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty recently. But I mean, it was always this. The Christmas Revels was. I, I got taken to that at a very young age, and I saw this like live live performance. And they had um, there were there was a bit that I remember. There's a there's a um, there's a track on here. You can you can look it up. It's called the the Bromley Horn Dance, and it's like this weird sort of haunting sort of just. It sounds very like very very cold and distant melody, and it's Ooh. just this. It sounds like something that you'd like if you were if you were walking through the forest and you came across like a procession of elves or something. Like it's got this very like whimsical, but also kind of like melancholy sound to it. Like Peter Jackson elves or like scary elves. Um, like Krampus elves. More of a Guillermo del Toro elf, I would say. Oh. Like kind of a Pan's Labyrinth sort of vibe to it, okay. but but again, like less uh, like I don't know, fiery in Spanish and more you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> more, more like kind of just you know eerie in like a frozen wood, very kind Ooh. of I, almost C.S. Lewisish. I'm just but, flashing um, to like the ice, ice yeah. forest and Secret of Mana. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, but basically, uh, this wow. when they performed this on the uh, on the stage, they had like these these people, and I, I remember this very vividly. Uh, they had these um, they had these like reindeer horns, like they they kind of like they had I don't know if they were even real real horns or whatever, probably just deer antlers, but they were wearing them in this kind of this very again very sort of pagan 
way. Like or they the were totemic. Yeah. And it was just this, you know, this, this dance routine with this. And it's, it was, I don't think it scared me as a kid, but it definitely stuck with me. Yeah. And the whole thing is like, there's a lot of like, um, sort of bits on this, on this record. You can find it on Spotify or iTunes or whatever. A lot of like stuff with like town criers and like, it's got this, it's got this sort of, you know, this pageantry to it. And there's like parts where like children come out and sing and they do this, they perform Sounds this all amazing. over the place. And I they've done never like, listened yeah, to this. you, you would love it. It's totally oh, like, up I'm your buying this. Uh, totally. But it, it, I fell down this whole rabbit hole with that. And yeah. I started researching like the roots of Christmas and you dig into it and you find out that like Santa Claus was like, he has elements of, of, uh, of Odin in him, you know? Like he's this big, Expound. he's this big white bearded dude who flies through the sky on a sleigh pulled by like far, by woodland creatures. Mm-hmm. Like Odin used to get pulled around by a bunch of wolves, right? Like that ah. was, and he would come down the chimney, and there was this, there was all these kind of like these, I don't know, these very very symbolic themes, and it's it's what fascinates me about it is that like I mean I I grew up uh you know raised Christian and. Uh, it, I don't know. It never really grabbed me. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't hate it or anything. I just, it just didn't, it didn't click, but there's something about sort of that infused with this almost like held over fantastical element. Mm-hmm. And there's, you still get bits of this, like the whole, I mean, my mom used to tell me growing up that like, Oh, you know, on, on, on Christmas Eve, animals talk. And like, I like, love that. We, I'd go to bed and she'd be like, Oh, the cats are going to, they're going to, they're going to be talking tonight. They're going to have, have you ever read any I'm, of the Icelandic Eddas? No. Okay, this seems like something the elder and the younger Edda, especially the, the elder Edda, I mean, it's something you ought to take a look at. Uh, I think you'd enjoy very much what you'd find in there. Yeah. These collections of, of Icelandic verse, uh, uh, largely. Uh, it's uh, Some of the older collections of Norse myth actually written down. Oh, cool. And okay. I think you'd enjoy it. That sounds uh, great. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Nor- it's a- Norse mythology never grabbed me particularly. I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of it that's very cool, but I think it has been sort of beaten to death by either the... Uh, you know the comic book side of things yeah. or the heavy metal side of things and like it, it's weird of me to say that i don't i don't appreciate that but, but there's so much of it that's that's more akin to oh, i mean the the norse myths have their own flavor absolutely yeah but there's so much of it that's not wagnerian so much of it that's right. not like we're riding through the sky with rings and fire yeah. there's just like here's a quaint little tale about some gods and how they interacted with some people one day and this cool thing that happened right and that's I, that's where you were talking about talking animals and things. that's mm-hmm. where my, my mind went. No, I mean I mean the reality is back in the day people were uh they were cold and they were malnourished yeah. and they were probably they were eating lots of spoiled food yep. and there was probably all kinds of weird stuff in the drinking water. Yep. Like you look at I don't know, you look at how people react to like going to a third world country and they're like don't drink the water. Don't even get this uh, cola with the ice in it cuz the ice is the frozen water and then then you'll get the poops and you're like all right, well now imagine that the entire world is like that. And people actively resist common sense, you know? Yeah. And so, of course, you're going to make up these... We don't know that feces yeah. communicates disease. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, you get these you get these weird traditions and things that spring up around that. And mm-hmm. I, I just find that fascinating. Um, my mom, growing up, really was very was very into, like, European stuff. Like, she loved... Uh, I mean, she, she was, like, raging Francophile to a, to a fault, I would say. Um, but because of that, she had a lot of old world Christmas traditions that she yeah. brought over with her. Um, not even brought her. She's from New York. Like she didn't bring them over. She, she, I mean, she went there and then brought them back, I think. Um, but we'd always go to like these weird little like world, world stores. I don't know. Like when there, it's like, it's, it's different types of food from everywhere. Ooh. Okay. Like you get like cost mm. plus world market, but then there'd be like the weird sort of like bootleg version of that. Yeah. You find them here and there. You get specialty food stores. I, think. I, I love them. I, I They're wonderful. These places. Yeah. You find like a, I don't know, like a Russian seasoning called like Vegeta and it's got like this like screaming chef on it, you know, but it's not yeah. like a bootleg Dragon Ball Z thing. You're like, hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, like it's some of the stuff. It's called Vegeta because it's full of vegetables. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we, um, I don't know, we would go to, we go to these things and I'd kind of poke around. And one thing I, I love about Christmas yeah. is marzipan. Marzipan is, when you take it is it is like it first of all the fact that you can it it's the easiest thing to make you get a bunch of you get a bunch of almond paste which okay. is just squished up almonds and then you mix it with powdered sugar you just mm-hmm. grind it through and then you have almonds and sugar and there's probably some i don't know some kind of uh, like fixative in there or something mm-hmm. like a, or formaldehyde i'm not sure um <laughs> It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, the paste they use to put uh, dentures in your mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Get some of that. It's probably edible, but I mean, it goes in your dentures. You put all this course, together. Yeah. yeah. But you get, you get marzipan and it's used by, um, it's used in cakes and that's fine. But then if you go to like the right stores, you'll get like 
artisanal decorative marzipan. And I think it's supposed to be, it could be put on, on cakes or, you know, as like a decorate decoration, but it can yeah. also just be candy. And it comes, it's the, it's the funniest thing in the world because they take, they take candy and they shape it into vegetables. And I, I, I would get in my stocking growing up, these incredibly realistic, like radishes and carrots, but they're marzipan. And so would you eat like your sugar radish? I would eat just like piles of sugar. And I was like, these look like vegetables. And well, I mean, they're good for you. Yeah. I did. Where did this tradition come from? I don't know. That's just, oh, so th- there is a thing. Um, actually, hell, I don't, I don't know where the vegetable thing. I think it's just sort of a goof. They're like, hey, what if we made this thing look like this thing? I mean, you know, in like in Japan, how they're like, hey, uh, what if your eraser looked like a tiny chair or yeah, something? And exactly. you're like, yeah, big deal. Why don't you just get a, an eraser, you know? I mean, oh, no, you got to have an eraser. Yeah. It's got to be really cute. It's got to be yeah. Christmas cake. It's got to be a jimbisame. It's got to be something really cool. Exactly, yeah. Why so, would you not have an eraser that's like a chair? Yeah. Right? So I th- really think that's the question to ask. That's true. Luckily, I, mean, I probably do somewhere downstairs. I don't know. Can you bring um, the Christmas revels back out for a second? Because yeah, take I a look am, at this. The, the artwork on this, kind of a Boschian horror. Oh, yeah. No, it's, if you look at, you look at, uh, I mean, I think Bosch was especially out of his mind, um, but... If you look at Bruegel, I think Bruegel's a much better sort of, um, you know, assessment. Also, this is from of the, what you're seeing here, kind R- of Richmond Public Library. I got this on eBay. Um, uh, but yeah, like the old sort of the, just old paintings of villagers and town folk doing yeah. stuff, and it's kind of like I don't know. You think back to that, and uh, people didn't have like Xbox, they didn't have Netflix, they didn't have Zoloft, they didn't have like no, you know, they didn't have frozen food they could just pop in the microwave. Like they kind of if you're if you're stuck on Christmas, you're kind of just, you're stuck. They like had some booze and you hope you had some food left over from the f- harvest. Because yeah. if you didn't, you were starving and, and you had a checkerboard if you were in, oh, in yeah. Norway. And, and I don't uh, know, maybe somebody tells a good story and yeah. someone's got like a loot. Yeah, stories and singing. I mean, that's going to be a lot of it. I love it. I, I've harped about this on the show before. My all-time favorite piece of television programming is The Day the Universe Changed, which is a documentary series. You've talk, I think we talked about that the last time we were on the show together. I want, I, I, I want to evangelize this to the masses. Huh. It's almost impossible to get your hands on now. In its, uh, But it's this wonderful series about why things are the way they are. And they talk a lot about the influence of the things hmm. you're talking about and how they led to the world we live in. I, I my college stuff was all in ancient Near Eastern studies, and um, so you know these these traditions that are thousands of years old. One of the things that always struck me in in college reading through stuff from that period of time is how often darkness comes up, and it took a long time to click for me the the metaphor of light and darkness mm-hmm. that in the ancient world, if you're in your little village in the the Palestinian or Sumerian countryside, or 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 off the Egyptian delta. Once the sun goes down, if it's a cloudy night, oh yeah, it's just black. All around oh, you is a no, wilderness yeah. of darkness, and the only light you have in a lot of these places is from an oil lamp about the size of a silver dollar with a little bit of olive oil in it and a tiny little bit of flame coming out of that if you can afford the oil. And that's your nightlight. And that's what you got if there's no trees nearby. You're going to gonna start talking about Hanukkah over here? No, I'm not. What <laughs> the I'm Festival talk about, of Lights? But what I am going to talk about is is you're talking about the Yule Log. Yeah. People gather yeah. together. Everything outside that is a black wasteland full of things that want to eat you or rob you or yeah, ghosts no, totally. or monsters. Um, or... No, I, I mean, I jokingly bring up Hanukkah, which I feel bad about. But no, there's a, there's a book called Herschel and the Hanukkah Goblins. I think that's what it's called. Um, and I remember reading this in like second grade, and it's it's so cool. Like, I hope it gets turned into a movie. It's, it's so cool. Um, it's, I have, it's, I haven't read this. It's this guy who's, I mean, he's, it's, I think it's supposed to be, I haven't read it in a million years, but this guy's, you know, he's holed up in this, in the shack somewhere and it's during Hanukkah and he's in the, he's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And he's got, and the whole thing is he's got like just enough like lamp oil or just enough light to last him however long. I, I, I haven't read this in a million years and uh-huh. I, I forget how Hanukkah works because I'm a, a, a doofus. Um, but these goblins start showing up and they're terrifying. They're like, there's these, I mean, they, they probably had a pr- pretty big influence on the terrible monsters I draw on bar napkins and then sell on t-shirts on teespring.com slash comedy button. Um, <laughs> I don't even, I don't think that's even the right URL. Um, yeah, you, you know what? Get the right URL. You yeah. drew me that wonderful shirt of my face. I still, I, oh, yeah. I, I love. You're not like a goblin though. You're like a, you're like a benevolent genie. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, these like, it, it's just, it's a very vivid picture book. I would love it if they, if they did something with it, turn it into like a, it's one of those things I'd want to see it turn into like a like a claymation movie mm-hmm. rather than like a, a 
CGI movie. Is it like a is it like a metaphor retelling of Hanukkah? Like I think because that's, because I Hanukkah think that's is about it. oil for a part of Hanukkah is about oil for one night lasting eight. I think um, that's the I think that's the point of it. Yeah. Okay, I wonder, that's um, kind of beautiful. The, this I love Hanukkah, the story of the Maccabeus mm-hmm. and what and the Maccabees and what happened there and and Octayakus and and all this amazing history around mm-hmm. Hanukkah and then the incredible cultural significance and and I love the food and I love the parties and I love it's just I love I mean I love the underlying meaning behind any any celebration or any tradition yeah. you know i think it's i think it what sucks is when tradition becomes a thing we do because we do it as opposed to like a thing we do because of this reason and then kind of examining the reason and really reflecting upon it mm-hmm. um but in the case of christmas i'm just as much probably an observer of christmas as i am of the solstice um which is like the most like wicked thing i've ever said <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't know i mean why why not be tied into the the to the primordial part of ourselves. I mean, there, there's yeah. something we're very, we live very far from that, from, I'm not trying to be pippy dippy here. I really mean this. We live very far in a very scheduled, fast modern life from the natural world. Some of the most beautiful Christmases and new years I've ever had were ones where I was alone outside, um, especially in the evening. Um, and the, the meaning of, of that season came down like a hammer when I had time to stop and listen. And I'm speaking for me as, as a person of, of, uh, of faith, it, it does have a, a religious significance, but I found myself much more easy, much more able to reflect on that when I just got away from a lot of the holiday. Yeah. Um, well, not that I don't like Christmas. I love the Christmas. thing that I think people often forget or I don't know. I mean, I, I live in California, so I'm sure it's totally different for people who still deal with this. But snow is quiet. Snow yeah. is muffling. Snow is this weird, and it, it kind of I don't know. It's also it'll keep you from going to work. It'll it'll be this. It it, it can it can kill you if you're out in it and you yeah. don't have a thing going for you or you know a thing to sleep in. Um, but like, it's also like it's I don't know. It's beautiful and it's silent and there's something just very. Uh, I mean, it's like the, it's like a little ice age every year. I, I swear, uh, I've told the story. I, actually, there's a Patreon exclusive episode uh, just to, just to shield myself a little more here. But one of my Patreon episodes is about this. Uh, I think it's a pretty good day episode. Um, there was a New Year's Eve in Japan where I took a walk one night, and I swear, Max, I walked into another dimension for a while. Like I walked down the street in the snow in this perfect eleven o'clock on a New Year's Eve. And every other person on earth vanished for a while. And I was someplace else for a bit. And then I came out the other end and there was this blazing fire outside of Jinja there. And it was like something out of a Miyazaki movie in the cedar forest. And these awesome two old men just hanging out there by the fire. They're like, hey, what's up, American dude? Like, and hanging out, and I, I, I don't want to go down the whole I'm thing. I'm guessing you're paraphrasing there. And then the new year rolls around, and I walked back out, and the world had come to life. And all the streets I'd walked through before that were vacant and silent in this heavy snow were full of people, rush, families rushing to and fro from cafes and temples and bells ringing and people shouting. And it I was love like that. I'd walked into a different world. And I, oh, yeah. God, I loved it. Yeah, I think that the modern world is so loud and so abrasive and so full of light that we forget sort of the those those are I mean these kind of these odd luxuries to have because if you're if you're in the wilderness and you're and you're theoretically surrounded by predators I mean being loud will scare stuff off and having a bright light will keep you keep you sane and now, keep you there. And now like, to be fair, not all the solutions were great. Hanging a bunch of torches on a pine tree in your house was No, that's prob- not that's not good. <laughs> But, um, although, you know, I was thinking about this, hanging out with you here. You are kind of a living Christmas tree. You're very tall and you're covered in ornamentation. That's yeah. That you've customized here. You've got the, all your tattoos are kind of different. Amazing. Angie and I decorate our tree with, with an enormous chintz. Um, we're, we're very, very straightforward about that. We like the tacky multicolored Christmas lights okay. and the bad tinsel and our ornaments have no theme. They're just a the bunch of... The bad tinsel. I yeah, love that. the bad tinsel. and The Bloodhound Gang Christmas album. <laughs> um. And we were talking the other day, and we looked at our tree, and I was like, we like big trees with lots of weird things on them. I was like, our tree's kind of like Max. That's the nicest thing anyone's <laughs> ever said about me. That's up, that is up there with when my friend said, you know, you're not doing too bad for being two dogs disguised as a human adult. <laughs> 
<laughs> just uh, of yeah, being like you're kind of like a Christmas tree is like I, I like that. And that um, we like that our tree reminded us of you. Um, yeah, my, my that's the thing is I kind of inherited all the all the, the family Christmas stuff. Yeah. Um, my mom is I mean she's a effectively a Buddhist nun. Mm-hmm. Like she kind of she's got her she's got her 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 home and she's you know it's cool to go back there because it's got all these pieces of my house. But a lot of people you know a lot of kids they go home to their parents and that's not even kids adults at this point they go home to their parents and their parents have a house and their parents live there and it's the house they grew up in and uh, or maybe it's just the house their parents found but like uh my mom moved around a bunch and she's like hey uh i'm gonna live in india for a year can you take all the christmas ornaments and i'm like oh i guess i'm doing christmas on my own here now wow what um, was that like i mean it's uh, weird it's like, i don't know it feels like that's the kind of thing is you kind of have to make your own christmas um and that's something I've actually really enjoyed as as I become an adult is that like of finding, I mean I'm I'm going down to see my my dad um, uh, this Christmas, but like uh, and you know I, I get to I get to feel like a kid again. But when I when I am sort of hosting here, there's this sense of like oh I I don't know it's like when if you if you host Thanksgiving like you got to carve the turkey like that yeah. kind of thing and like oh I gotta you know I make sure that Christmas lights are up and get presents for everybody who's gonna be here. And I think it was last year uh, my mom came and cooked. And then we had a bunch of friends who were in the city, didn't have anything anywhere to go, and like it was a bunch of uh, just a gathering of of adult friends. But it was weird because I was like, "This is I don't know." It, it was it's this this thing they don't really show in movies exactly. Like they always show Christmas is either like adults or children. There's no like that. There's no interim there. Um, so it felt like sort of the end of a Home Alone movie, <laughs> except everybody was like t- between like twenty six and thirty. Like four, I don't know. Like that's kind of amazing, um, actually. What was you? What was you and Jenny's first Christmas together like? Oh, so our first Christmas together was. Uh, that might have actually been the one where I started really getting into this like weird medieval Christmas yeah. stuff because I was incredibly depressed. Um, oh. She went down to see her family, and I. I don't remember what my reasoning. I think I just didn't want to. I didn't want to intrude. Or I didn't want to impose. You know and. But yeah, she. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. For whatever reason, I, I didn't want to go down. I didn't feel like ready yet. You know, it was one of those. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's like the history of a relationship. Is I'm just like, oh, I don't. I don't know about this. And in reality, if I'd gone down there, I would have just. Her uncles would have fed me beer until I passed out. But, um, yeah, I. But I had. We were in this. Um, this tiny one room apartment. Um, just the two of us. It was this awful studio apartment in the middle of nowhere. And one of my or middle middle of San Francisco, not middle of nowhere, but like middle of San Francisco empties out. During the holidays, yeah, usually. it's weird. I mean, most places do. People, people are inside with their families. There's not a lot of coming and going. But San Francisco is is it's a ghost town. Incredible that way. It's a it's a it's a family of, of children, you know, or a city of children. Yeah, and so they all just you, he doesn't. You can hold him without him licking the inside of your ear. Just just give me give me the dog. What's that? Give me. The, you can't hear me because the dog's tongue is in your ear. Well, yeah, but now it's going to be in your okay. ear. Peppers. It's much more important. You're the one speaking. Just grab him by the neck and he'll calm down. Oh yeah, that's that's pet ownership. One. There's also the part where I just kind of like when he licks my head. Yeah, well, that's just weird. Well, you know, he's an adorable. I'm little just scared to know what's tiny. under there after he licks all the maple sugar off. Well, when all the maple sherps. Jared used to be so much sweeter. You know what? It, I'm sweet all the way to the core. Actually, you know what it's like? It's like a jawbreaker. You just keep going down and just Tootsie sweet, pop, sweet, man. sweet, 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 sweet. And then at the very, very, very center, I'm this tiny little like chalky flake of sourness. You're just a tiny little Jared. Hello. Yeah. It's like hello there. Um, but yeah, so this this really this Christmas, I I was home alone, and you know, like that movie, like that movie. Except nobody that. would ever want to break into my my crappy apartment. Oh, whatever. You got some great stuff to steal. No, in this here. was not this apartment. This is, this, oh. is, this this oh, place back is, then, this, back this the place day. is full of treasures. Yeah, you, do you stay away? I have the most vicious dog that would. Like, yeah, <laughs> on cue. Uh, nice, um, <laughs> but no, I, I we were in this awful studio, and it was just, it was miserable and lonely, and and. Uh, I I was just I that was the only Christmas I've spent completely alone, and it was it it sucked, but like it also was sort of like I don't know elucidating, like it was kind of like what what should Christmas be, you know? And and you kind of realize who you're missing and who's not around. And now with the depression, how did, where did you go with that? Um, I wasn't. If I was depressed that year, it was because everything sucked. Um, but that there was a Christmas miracle that year. I got my first big break. Um, I got, I got an email. I th- I want to say it was on Christmas Eve or the day after or something. Um, the Christmas day after Christmas Eve being Christmas Day. No, I, somewhere around there. Okay. What do you, what do you mind, accountant? Um, the uh, Nero Gonzalez, the founder of Destructoid. Okay. Uh, emailed me and was like, "Hey, do you want to host the Destructoid show?" 
and that was the first show I wound up hosting. And, no kidding. Uh, it was this. It was totally a Christmas miracle. It came out like right at the right That's time. That's amazing. And I, was, and I was like, I think I was working at a coffee shop at the time, and it was just, I don't know, bleak and miserable, and like, it was one of those periods in my life where I was like. I don't remember. I'm like, I, there's parts of it I just don't remember, and I think it's because I was incredibly miserable. Mm-hmm. You do kind of block that out because you just for I don't know for you know maintaining your insanity. Well, I, I don't want to pry, uh, yeah. but you've been you've been open about this before. Um, seasonal affective disorder hits you pretty hard sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Is Christmas a bad time for that? Um, Christmas is sort of this tentpole between bouts of it. Okay. Um, my birthday. I love Halloween. I love my birthday. I love Christmas, and I—I I mean, New Year's is fine. Um, and these are these sort of these weird little like two-pronged spikes. My birthday is Guy Fox Day, so really, if you want to just go through November fifth, you know, like V for Vendetta, like you know, Anonymous the movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Halloween to my birthday is frequently two weekends, and then Christmas to New Year's is frequently two weekends. Right. And in between there, you got Thanksgiving. So there's this kind of like weird like. Like I don't know, it looks like it probably looks like a weird tent or you know a TR or something. If you if you kind of lined it up in terms of where my mood now is you're at. the accountant, you're, yeah. you're graphing. Um, yeah, there you go. I don't I don't think they usually describe it as like you know uh, beauty queen jewelry. Um, but anyway, like I, I around September when when the seasons sort of start yeah. to change, I'm usually like I start to feel like difference, and I don't know if that's because of years of conditioning of like oh it's time to go back to school summer is over <laughs> or if it's like oh it's cold out and I don't want to go outside and again I, I live in California it's not cold out it's yeah. not it's just not cold out it gets cold out for like forty five minutes a year no it's just slightly more chilly than normal right but not enough to and I don't know I it it starts to mess with me and Christmas especially is just like I love Christmas Christmas I honestly I don't remember any times Christmas has like his outright sucked. There was one year I was in Vermont at my aunt and uncle's house and I was given a brand new turtleneck. I don't know who gives a child a turtleneck. What kind of monster was like, this is a good shirt for a kid to have. And I was like, I'm going to put it on right now. And I put it on. And I, to this day, I still don't know what caused this. I got a pinched nerve in my neck and I blame the turtleneck, but apparently I also did a bunch of somersaults afterwards. But either way, I pin- I'm guessing it's the somersaults. I think it was the turtleneck. I don't know. I kind of hate turtlenecks. It was a really tight turtleneck. I think I yeah. got a pinched nerve in my neck from a turtleneck, but I had to put it on. And then I spent, and immediately after Christmas, and I've got all these new toys and it's snowing outside. I want to go out and throw snowballs and jump around in my stupid parka and just be like, oh, hello. And then I'm suddenly like, I think I broke my neck. And I was like, you didn't break your neck. And I was like, I think I broke my neck. And then we figured out that it was just a pinch nerve, which sucks if you're six or whatever. It's. I think that sucks no matter what age. You and I spent. I spent like two days in bed with a heating pad on it, and eventually felt better. But so by and large, Christmas has been good for you. So the seasonal hasn't hit as hit as hard then. That's yeah, kind of when you come it's, up. It's it's more January February that really messes me up because there's really nothing to look forward to after that aside from springtime. Okay, like Valentine's Day, not a big thing for you. No, I mean nah. they keep putting out. They, they start putting out games there now, which is good. You need yeah, to. I do. Hold on, I do. Just oh, give me. The, you going after the dog? I'm going to pull a Baja All right. He's letting the dogs out while Max is letting the dogs out. I want to thank our Patreon producer, oh, Robert Patreon. Nieder. Oh, plug in that Patreon. Yep, there he's at. Robert Nieder, uh, Patreon producer, whose generous support makes this show possible. Everybody who gives on Patreon, thank you for keeping the show going. Holy cow, look at this. We made it to another December. Thank you for that. Thank you for making so many of my dreams come true. You can check with us anytime in the Pockets Pull Soup Facebook group. It's free. It's fun. It's full of nice people. I hope you come there. And you can, if you want to, you know, toss us a few bucks and get a lot of uh, Patreon incentives. We got a pretty great back catalog now. You might want to check out lots and lots of exclusive stuff there. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash Jared Petty. That's patreon.com slash Jared Petty, J-A-R-E-D-P-E-T-T-Y. Oh, wait, plug your Patreon, you say? We should plug Max Scoville's Patreon. Which one do you want me to plug? All right. Well, how about we go to Max Gilgill's Patreon, patreon.com slash comedy button. Well, it's going to do this at the end, but he's shouting to me from the other end of the house. Patreon.com slash comedy button. The comedy button, if you're not aware of it, podcast where a bunch of people get together and they tell funny stories and they do funny things and they kind of have a fascinating hour-long process group uh, every week. Uh, you can travel along and uh, well, be part of their psychological journey yeah. slash uh, kind of epic level um nerd out it's yeah it's, a, it's kind like of delightful it's experience. like m-rated heavily unsupervised group therapy i think that's a good way of assessing yeah it. and uh every now and then uh, they let me come play with them there's some good boys but it really is um a combination of 
deeply stupid humor and marvelously meaningful discussion. And I really like that about the comedy button. Sounds I don't think like, you find that a lot of places. It sounds like life in general. Yeah, exactly. It's a, got no elevator pitch. It's just absolutely terrible to try to explain it to people. But yeah. uh, please check it out. I'm a Quaker, and it's kind of like the opposite of Quakers. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad metaphor. I should have put that one. The Quakers are what, like, be quiet and think? And we're like, what if we just said a bunch of stuff and didn't think too hard about it? <laughs> Love that. Anyway, uh, but beyond uh, beyond Comedy Button, um, anything else you want to plug right now while we're doing the plug? No, let's talk about Christmas. Yeah, let's talk about Christmas. So let's look at, you've got some more oh, paraphernalia yeah. over so there. So I was talking about marzipan and European Christmas traditions, and one thing that was always sort of part of my upbringing was German advent calendars. I love advent calendars so much. Best? Yes, they are. Why do you love them? Um... <laughs> They're like, God, how do you even, how do you even explain that? Well, first of all, they'll get you through December. Yeah. It's a thing to wake up, wake up to and look, and look forward to every day yeah. where you're like, oh, I've got just, well, it's raining or it's snowing or it's cold or I'm angry outside and I don't want to go do whatever I have to do, whether it's school or work or whatever, but there's a small door to open up on this calendar and I can find out what's inside it. It's that like that curiosity level. I love these because... You've just got there are little doors you open up. I, I think there's a, there's a, there's the there's the modern advent calendar, which is like you open the door and you get a prize, mm-hmm. and you know you get like a chocolate or like a I don't know, like I'm a, all about that like a Lego figurine yeah. or whatever. And like I actually I, the Lego ones are okay. I did one last year. It was you okay. Did a Lego calendar, yeah. but it, you wind up with like a bunch of pieces of Lego sets. Yeah. Which is cool. There's a Playmobil one, which is like for like really like, oh, really rich kids. Oh. Well, what would you want yours to be? Like if you made an advent calendar, Max, what would it be? I think there'd be like a different thing, period. It wouldn't be like a cohesive theme. It would be a surprise. Every that's, day that's something That's really the random. thing. Is okay. I, I've heard that they do ones with um, with whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, where it's a different type of like, you know, small batch, you know, bourbon or, Ooh, or scotch fun. or whatever in there. And then... Uh, I've heard about they're they're doing uh, marijuana advent calendars, which oh. honestly, I don't that I, that would that would like last me a year. I don't. That's just a, that's just too much weed. I don't think anyone needs that. Like a marijuana is it like a different kind of marijuana every day? It's like an edible or like a little a little ball like a little piece of it or what? Like I don't know what, what the the measurement is, but it's it's definitely by the end of the, at the end of the month you've got like you've got way too much drugs. Or plants, or whatever you're calling them these days. I don't, you know. I'm trying to figure out how that one fits the medical designation, honestly. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I like these because they're just they're just funny little pictures. I actually, yeah. it's weirdly hard to find these. I think they sell them at like Papyrus, that uh, <laughs> that gift card store. Um, or I think Hallmark still has them. Okay, yeah, I should start going. I'm, I'm a like, sucker for Hallmark stores. I'm sure this will really that's not, surprise that's, you. That is the yeah, that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard. It is very difficult for you me. Precious I, moments, man. I seek out Hallmark stores. I walk into them. I actually go to the physical store, walk around, look at things, and almost oh very leave with an item of Charlie Brown paraphernalia. Oh, Jared, Jared, you're like a precious moments figurine that grew up. I, there's, you know what, <laughs> Thomas Kincaid, the artist of light. Oh. No, I, I don't like Thomas Kincaid. Um, but but I do like. So I bought this stores. one. I each year I try to get like a different one, and I I'm, I fear that I'm running out because I I like to get one every year. But I don't know if this the man who painted this is or woman who is still alive. Just ones from this the series, you mean? Richard Selmar Verlag. If you're still alive, let me know, and I'll run your German email through Google Translate. Um, okay, that's awesome. But I looked at I looked, I found this on Amazon, and the reviews were really funny because two of them were like, "Hey, it's a very nice advent calendar," and one of them was like, "I opened the small doors." And the pictures were very strange, and it was like three stars. And I was like, "What did you think you were getting? Did you want chocolate? Did you think it was going to be like I don't know, like like a wholesome American like like these are these are still very pagan. They get like the they look yeah. at these funny deer and stuff. There's just all, all kinds of animals. Well, I I love advent calendars. Um, I love Advent. Uh, that's why. So again, I, I hope I don't sound like preaching McPreacher in tonight. But the um, this Christmas is probably my favorite element of the religious year, uh, or the Christian religious year. And uh, in particular, I like Advent because it's a ritualized kind of mindfulness. Um, you know, every week has a theme. Does um, it really? Oh yeah. Uh, have you ever seen an Advent wreath before? It has four candles on it. Often three are purple and one's pink, and then there's a white one in the center between the four candles. Okay. Um, an Advent wreath. Each candle is for a week of Advent, um, and each one, the first one uh, commemorates the prophets or the preachers. The second one commemorates the shepherds. The third one, the magi. 
uh, you know, the fourth one, etc. They all have themes, okay. and uh, you go through them, and they're all to remember different parts of the story and how they're important to the overall theme. Hmm. Uh, it's neat, um, or I like it anyway. And I like fire. Yeah, that uh, works. And candles are awesome. Christmas is a. We didn't even talk about that. We talked about big fires, but we still keep that going with the candles. Like, do you know about? Do you know about the the about Cagatillo? No, what's this? Oh, Am I gonna love this? Oh, we're, you're gonna love this. So, I wanted to get into this when we're talking about the 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 um the marzipan. Yeah. Um, the thing about European Christmas is it's frequently just foul. It's frequently just the most puerile, weird, uh, needlessly scatological thing. Oh wait, are these are these the pooping guys? Yeah, they are. No, oh, okay. no, actually, they're. Oh, I have one. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but there is a thing. Uh, first of all, walking around one of these these stores with, with the marzipan and stuff, um, one of the strangest things I've ever seen. In in regards to Christmas, was a I believe Dutch, maybe German, uh, edible figurine of a small boy who was pulling his pants down, and there was a gold coin sticking out of his of his bottom, and that that was that was really that was it, and it was it was uh, that is it very, was made it was made of almond paste, and you could just eat it. I don't and mean you get the gold coin as a prize. I don't mean to be overly judgmental, but that. Creeps me out a little. So in Catalonia, which I believe is the northeast region of Spain, sure, they have a. You can look it up. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Spanish culture. And if I'm if I'm butchering this, somebody please uh, get tell him not needlessly me. mad about it on Twitter or whatever. Um, At him, not they me. have a thing called uh, called caganers, which is uh, it's I believe the same root word as caca. Um, <laughs> and the caganer is a he's a member of. He's a member of the nativity. He's a guy. He's a he's a per, he's a character who shows up in the nativity scene a lot. Like if you have like a crush, or okay, like right. you've got the donkeys and you got Joseph yeah, and you've yeah. got Mary and yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you got the Christ child. You um, got the angels. You got the, the shepherds. Thing is, you got the like, wise men. Yeah, the the the, the manger, the the titular not titular manger, but the manger of 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 the yeah, nativity. Yeah, that would be manger mess for the titular manger. Yeah, sure, yeah. but the whole point of it is like it's supposed to be really. It's like getting. It's like giving birth in like a Denny's parking lot. Like it's not yeah. a. It's. Not even Denny's, like a Motel Six part. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's awful. Um, it it, it might have been a cave. It might have yeah. been the upper area of a, of a building. Yeah. It might have been a lot of things. And there's yeah. like it's like it's it's very bad. And so to really just drive this home, the lower area of buildings. The Kaganer is a dude who's taken a dump. Oh, to, like a figurine. He's a he's a, a character who's in there, and this he's is, like squatting. He's squatting, and there's like there's there's visible poop. He's going to the bathroom right near baby Jesus being born because the whole point of that is to establish that like Christ is born onto earth. Like this is, this is humanity. This Grounded. is, this is, this is the yeah. worst parts. Like you've got like, you've got farm animals there. You've got, you know, hay on the ground and it's yeah. just, it is not a good place to be giving birth to a child. No, like you're laying yeah. him in a feeding trough surrounded by feces. There is no room at the inn because the inn is probably full of nasty hedonists. And one of them, I don't know, had like too much, whatever they ate there. And, went out to go to the bathroom near the farm animals, which yeah. under normal circumstances would probably be fine. Um, so what's weird about this, though, is that they've made this tradition of merchandising the absolute hell out of these guys. They are like a they are like a very popular uh, like souvenir out of Spain. They make them for every possible, like they make Lady Gaga ones. Uh, they have... Uh, like Brian Altano, who I think has been on the show. Who, oh, please he, tell me there's a Brian Altano one. No, there's not not yet. They do make a Mario Brothers one. He has one of those. I think he's pooping a little mushroom. Um, think any pop culture thing you can imagine. They make a they make a version of it for for one of these, and they're okay. all of course like weird, made of weird terracotta with like tempera paints on them, and and they're very bootleggy, and they're in the weird local like you know handicraft thing. And at that point, you're like, okay, well, what does this have to do with Christmas? If you ever thought of putting something like this in like an American nativity scene. Yeah. People would be like, what is wrong with you? How dare you? This is offensive <laughs> and terrible and bad. However, over there, it's apparently, it's part of it. Like it's yeah. part of the scene. And there was for a moment, uh, people were like, Hey, maybe we should just get rid of the guy taking a dump near Jesus. And there was a massive outrage where people were like, how dare you try to take the crap out of Christmas? Okay. That's yeah, that's, I, I really I want to see the new War on Christmas Crusade around this. That that's kind of amazing, uh, Max. That's striking. I right? love that. So I, that's you amazing. Know, the funny part. What's that? That's not the only Catalonian poopy tradition. What? Yeah, there's a character called Cagatillo who is the 
crapping Christmas log. Uh, this is a weird bastardization, I guess. I don't know. Reinterpretation of the <laughs> of the Yule log situation. It, so, it sounds like the worst Chrono Cross character ever. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it is like no matter okay so picture um i honestly i feel like the log from ren and stimpy might have been inspired loosely by this okay. i don't know um you, they get they get these logs they get these hollow logs and on the front of them there is there are like googly eyes like big just stupid plastic googly eyes and like a little stick sticking out as the nose it looks like stick stickly from nick in the afternoon uh but it's a log and you put it in your fireplace or in your hearth or whatever and the back of it's hollow Oh, and the whole thing with this is Cagatillo, uh he, he hangs out there and I, I believe I might be messing up the details here, but you're supposed to sort of feed him. You're supposed to like, you know, it's in the same way that you're supposed to like, oh, leave cookies for Santa, that okay. kind of thing. Um, but you put you put food in the log, I think. Um, and the idea is that on on Christmas Day, you you beat Cockatiel with a stick and he craps presents. Um, and there is I'm not making Why this up. Why are you beating him? To make him go to the bathroom, I don't know. Do you, you sing- go to the bathroom when you're beaten? If I'm beaten hard enough, probably. I don't know. I've never been beaten by Catalonian school children. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you take these sticks. There's a song out there. You can find it. I think they got, um, God, they did a thing on, like, Jimmy Fallon a few years ago where it was, like, they got, like, uh, I don't know, like, like, Joss Stone or somebody to sing, like, this song. But they, the song is, like, it's, like, Cagatillo, or it's like Christmas log, Christmas log, give us presents, do not give us onions and herring, give us treats, give us nougat, give us almonds, give us chocolate, do not give us onions and herring. <laughs> like, that's specifically the kind of stuff that goes in there. And the whole thing is you hit the, the, the stick with the logs, and there's like a, you throw a blanket over it first, so I don't know, so it can't see what's happening. Uh, and then out of the back, people reach in and they pull stuff out. And it's kind of like... Out of his, it's, out of his butt. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a butt, it's a log. It's just the back of the log is hollow. So theoretically, that's his butt. But you, his you reach butt. in there and you grab presents and it's it's like a stocking. That's or, amazing. Or like putting presents in like, you know, clogs. I, I have a I have a weird adversity to scatological stuff in general. That's, that's a whole very healthy. That's very and, healthy. And so all of this, I'm trying to be... I am intrigued. I'm trying to not be yeah. intimidated by the tradition well, it's, i mean it's I'm also being silly yeah. it's a log that's full of presents how could you not love yeah. that so it's no whole, weirder yeah. than than beating a a, a a muppet made of paper mache with a stick so that it's candy blood Ex- will exactly, rain down yeah. upon you which i, I would say it's I honestly do constantly you're yeah, still beating this anthropomorphized object with sticks but it's a little bit less uh I don't know, brutal and like visceral than the pinata. I'm holding a party this weekend. I'm going to do that. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it's uh, so yeah. Or, or any number of other traditions. So the funniest so part of amazing, this though, I, I guess it's all pretty funny. Um, is that the way you know that it's over is that I believe the onions and herring are the last thing put in. So when Kagatia gives you onions and herring or like some, so it's like, it's when you get your, your vegetables, your boring stuff, your lump of coal, so to speak. Yeah. Then you're like, ah, oh, man, Cagatillo, he's done crapping presents. He gave us our iPod Nanos and our Toblerones or whatever. So, yeah, that's a, that's a thing out there. Do you throw him in the fire after that? Uh, I don't actually, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, but, yeah, like I, like I said, I fell down like a weird wormhole of like Christmas traditions and lore, and I really love Christmas because it's, it's insane. I it's, adore you. Yeah, it is insane. <laughs> it's, it's an incredibly weird and wonderful holiday. And I love the fact you're reminding us that all over the world there are things full of tradition and meaning, and I'd love to run down the rabbit hole of where that came from. Yeah. I, I love what you were telling me about the creche and the nativity there and about how things that initially seem strange can often be very full of meaning that we, if, we, if we bother to listen people to people and bother mm. to look... We love could, that, actually is all around us. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not on. I'm not on the hater bandwagon no. for for love. Actually, that's a good movie. No, it's a good movie. You got yeah. uh, you got you got Qui Gon Jinn. You got Rick Grimes. You got Mr. Bean. You got uh, Rufus Scrimgower. You got all kinds of characters in that film. You got uh, Elizabeth Swan. You got Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber's in that movie. And Severus Severus Snape. Snape. Yeah. yeah, there's a great people in that film. Yeah. You got Carl Moto, Mordo, oh, Carl Mordo, Carl Mordo. Oh, oh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, oh. Alan Rickman was in the two best Christmas movies. Yes. It's kind of weird. It's a little strange. Angie and I were talking about this. He also night. played the female gremlin. 
So what? he's in. He's in. The, no, he, no, no, he didn't. Alan Rickman did not play the female Gremlin. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, Weirder things that have we happened. know of. You know, Frank Oz been some strange stuff. You never know. True. True. Uh, all right. What's this uh, last item you have here? Uh, let's let's get to this one real quick. Oh, yeah. before, before we run out of camera real battery. Quick, real quick. This is just. Bubar and Father Christmas. Oh, oh I love Bubar. Bubar. This the, goes back to your, to your, to your uh, uh, French type ancestry. Honestly, I don't know this. Uh, like I said, my mom loved love French stuff. I think this is actually no. This is in English. This is uh, probably hers oh, as a child. Okay. Um, but this is you the, were born in France, right? I was born in France, but uh, yeah, I mean, my mom had you know regular Bubar books growing up, and this is about these damn elephants and their monkey friend, and they're hanging out and. There's probably all kinds of weird problematic undertones in here. Uh, but I love this because it's all about Bobar trying to find Chris, Santa Claus. And it's it's weirdly like, I don't know, he tracks this dude down and he fights these elves with his nose. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's, there's Using like Superman's cold breath like from his nose? Yeah, and they, they like strip him naked and they give him like a sponge bath. It's really weird. And they're I like snowy from book. Tintin is there. I don't know. It's just, I think the whole point is he's sort of like, hey, like, oh, also, yeah, it gets weirder. Uh, Father Christmas has like a UFO. So this is like Père Noël number one. Like, what 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 does it mean to you? Why do you love it? I, I don't know. It's it, I think it's just showing exactly how weird and off the rails Christmas a can tiger go. Tiger zebra horse that that guy's riding. That is exactly what that is. And also, okay. like like Santa Claus is just either he's frostbitten or just hammered because oh. his face is just bright red. I think Bob R. I don't want to spoil this like. 70 year old children's book look at that they're gonna start a fire with all these they're... i always hated this guy look like abe simpson <laughs> um but yeah like i don't know i i don't know why i grabbed that i couldn't find some other christmas books, because but... no these are these are beautiful yeah. things I, so I... yeah check out the christmas revels uh support your local specialty food store that maybe have weird marzipan vegetables and half naked boys with coins in their bottoms and you know uh check out bubar and father christmas uh, give presents, give presents, share the spirit of the season with those around you, tell people you love them, do kind things for them. Um, that's, yeah. that's really the underlying message of Christmas is just try to be, you know, try to be a decent human being, be nice to people. It will get you through the winter and you won't freeze to death, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Linus on this one. You know? it's a, I, I watch it every year, I, I, going back to my homework thing, but I... I really do love Charlie Brown's 1960s frustration uh, with the confusion of Christmas looking around and, and at something made 50 years ago. Have they done any research to actually like determine whether or not Charles Schultz invented depression? Um, I <laughs> think that Charles Schultz was very well acquainted with it. Uh, oh, I, definitely. I think he did more to popularize our understanding of it than anyone in pop culture. I'm in being his generation. facetious, but I mean... No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I, I have a... I can go down. This I mean, I love the hole. idea that it was like, oh yeah, like the violence in schools, it's Doom's fault. But you know, in the '60s, they're like, the kids are sad. It must be that no good peanuts. No, Char- Charlie Brown. No kidding. Uh, without without getting down too dark a hole, um, had a profound role in me beginning to understand the role depression played in my life early on, and being willing to accept that. That's a whole other show we'll do sometime. Mm-hmm. But Dennis the Menace did the same thing for people who are sociopaths. So well. Ooh, that's the menace. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. Uh, let us, let us, my friend, and this Merry Christmas Yuletide. Let us plug. What shall ye plug? Oh, um, plug all ye faithful. Um, yeah, check out the comedy button if you haven't already. It's a show I do every week with my good friends. Um, we put it up every week. We don't record it every week, so you get these weird sort of filler episodes here and there that don't make any sense. But um, it's thecomedybutton.com or on iTunes or Google Play or whatever you find your sounds on. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash comedybutton. If you give us five bucks a month, you get access to our entire back catalog of every weird bonus Patreon episode we've ever done, as well as I think like 45 movie commentaries and a bunch of deleted scenes, which are just real weird. And you've been on a bunch of those. And um, you can find me on IGN. I do... Up at noon, every Thursday at noon Pacific time. It is a uh, usually live comedy variety show I do with Brian Altano. It's nonsense. We play with toys and goof around and have a good time. And it's sort of just this weird, simultaneously high, low-budget Wayne's World. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that. Uh, final it's like que- if nobody paid for QVC. Final question before we go. Shoot. Christmas monster movies, Gremlins versus Krampus. 
which is the superior. Oh, got to give it to Gremlins. Gremlins is it, it has the it has the edge. It did it first, but Krampus is incredibly underrated, and not enough people have seen it. So get out there and watch Krampus. Support your local Krampus immediately. Krampus should not work, but it does, and it works well. Mm-hmm. I adore that movie. You forgot Rare Exports. Oh, oh, expound. Have you not seen Rare Exports? I have not. <gasps> Rare Exports is a Norwegian horror film about Santa Claus. Everybody go watch it, including Jared. I will. Absolutely. Friends, thank you. And Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm going to miss you. I'll see you next year. Bye-bye. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>